Hello everyone, welcome to Box Office Receipts, and welcome to the first episode of 2024. I'm your host, Tyler Callahan. We have the box office numbers to review as the holiday releases keep chugging along, uh, movie deals are being done, and there are streaming updates. Let's start with the domestic top five. For the domestic box office, the numbers will be in a four-day format to include Monday, as it was New Year's Day. In first place was Wonka with $30 million for a total of $140.6 million. Second place was Aquaman in the Lost Kingdom with $26.3 million for a total of $84.6 million. In third place was Migration with $22 million for a total now of $59.1 million. Fourth place was The Color Purple with $15 million for a total of $47.3 million. Fifth place was Anyone But You with another $11 million for a total of $27 million. Right behind it in sixth place was The Boys in the Boat also with $11 million for a total of $24.8 million. And in seventh place was The Iron Claw with $6.9 million for a total of $18.2 million. Most of the movies did well for the most part, with Wonka, Migration, and Anyone But You standing out as they all increased compared to last weekend. Wonka looks like it'll finish at $180 million and will now have a chance of finishing above $200 million domestically. Anyone But You started slow, but is now looking to finish above $50 million domestic, which is a good sign for Hollywood that yes, people are still interested in going to see rom-coms in theaters. Though Ticket Paradise in 2022 also helped show that as well. Even Aquaman did okay, and while it's not going to be a big superhero hit domestically, it will indeed pass $100 million and could still beat The Flash as well. And with 2023 coming to a close, the domestic box office overall for the year came in at $9.03 billion. This is the best domestic box office has been since pre-pandemic back in 2019, when the total was $11.36 billion. With the delays of films due to strikes, I would not expect 2024 to be stronger than 2023, though there might be a few surprise hits. I would say look for 2025 to maybe pass $10 billion. For China, I'm still needing to look at other sources for box office numbers, but in first place was uh, Shining for One Thing, which debuted to $76.7 million. Opening in second place was I Did It My Way with $26.2 million. Third place was Johnny Keep Walking with $26.1 million, and with previews, is now at $32.2 million. Fourth place was The Goldfinger, which debuted at $21.2 million. And Taylor Swift's The Eras Tour opened on New Year's Eve and earned $5.9 million. For imported movies, Anatomy of a Fall got approved and will be released March 29th. And now for international numbers. Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom earned $50.5 million for a worldwide total of $258.3 million. Right now, the international market is putting in work and will pass The Flash worldwide and become the biggest DC movie this year. A low bar. Believe me, it's a low bar, but still. Now, the next question is, will it pass Black Adam? For that to happen, it needs to pass $390 million worldwide. It's possible. Wonka earned another $39.1 million for a worldwide total of $386.9 million. Migration earned $17.1 million for a worldwide total of $105.7 million. 
anyone but you earned 5.8 million for a worldwide total of 35.6 million dollars to be fair it is only in 14 markets right now so it has ways to go in terms of releasing internationally don't let the number fool you and napoleon is at 206.7 million worldwide and wish is now at 176.4 million worldwide and for the global box office for 2023 goer street analytics is reporting that the total was 33.9 billion which is a 30.5 percent improvement over 2022 however they also report that the global box office is still 15 percent down from the average of 2017 to 2019 global box office again like it is domestically i would not expect a full return to pre-pandemic numbers until 2025. for news in hollywood let's start with the bloomhouse and atomic monster merger finally closing unlike other mergers where you get a new name you know a new logo all that for now that's not happening here the plan for the merge to company is to operate independently and to keep the brands as separate and be allowed to produce what they want to produce the purpose of the merger is basically to help each other out and overall make more content deadline notes that atomic monster will be using bloomhouse's infrastructure to scale out their output as well as use the first look deal they have with universal it is also noted that atomic monsters deal with warner brothers is over seems like from this everyone's a winner but warner brothers i would think the studio is working on talking to a new company to try and get some horror films lined up as the only franchise they have is the conjuring and that is produced by atomic monster i don't think that is heading over to universal but the studio needs to work on getting other horror films as well in a casting update jacob elordi will star as frankenstein's monster in guillermo del toro's adaptation of frankenstein at netflix he replaces andrew garfield who had to drop out due to scheduling conflicts elordi is a solid replacement and look it's del toro doing frankenstein i'm already interested there are other casting updates as well with one of the biggest ones being that steven yoon has dropped out of the Thunderbolts movie for Marvel Studios. Uh, I, again, this is the, like, this along with Blade are, like, the Marvel Studio films that keep getting pushed back, pushed back. And while not officially confirmed by Marvel Studios, it was reported that Yoon was set to play Sentry, who would have been the main antagonist for the film. As for why he is dropping out, it is due to scheduling issues caused by strikes. And that's a shame, because Yoon's a great actor, and I was looking forward to seeing him play more of a bad guy role, you know? As for the film, Marvel Studios will now be working overtime to find someone else to play the role as they are looking to start filming in a few months. Julia Garner is joining the upcoming Wolfman movie from Bloomhouse and Universal. Directed by Leigh Whannell, it is set to come out October 25th. And next few are all exclusive from Deadline. Uh, first, they are reporting that Jack Black has joined the Minecraft movie and is playing the role of Steve, who, as far as I know, is basically the main character of the game. Uh, the more casting updates come out for this movie, the more I'm interested in seeing it. It's it's getting an interesting cast. At Universal, Gerald Butler is joining the live-action adaptation of How to Train Your Dragon, reprising his role from the animated films as Hiccup's father, Static. Also at Universal, Kihue Kwan is joining a new movie in production called With Love. He will be the lead in the action movie directed by Jonathan Estabio and produced by David Ledich and his production company, 87 North. Quan is great with action and movies, so having one focused on him I think is a great idea, and I'm looking forward to watching that. At Lionsgate, Michelle Dockery and Topher Grace have joined Flight Risk. This is the upcoming thriller film starring Mark Wahlberg and directed by Mel Gibson. There was a terrible hit and run in New York City this week, 
where Kerry, Bernanz, and eight others were injured. Right now, Bernanz is in critical condition and is having surgery done. She is an actress and stuntwoman, and recently just worked on The Color Purple, and had worked on other films as well, including Avengers Infinity War and Black Panther, hoping she makes a speedy recovery. Sadly, there were a few deaths this week as well. First, Christian Oliver and his two daughters died in a plane crash in the Caribbean. From what is being reported right now is the plane had issues right after takeoff, and the pilot tried to return back and land. Sadly, the pilot also died as well. Oliver was 51 years old and starred in a few films, including Valkyrie and Speed Racer. Just terrible tragedy. And Ophelia Muguera has died at the age of 90. She worked for decades in films and shows in Mexico, but to most people, she is most known as Mama Coco from Pixar's film Coco. David Soule has died at the age of 80. He was most known for starring in the classic TV show Starsky and Hutch, but also appeared in a few films as well, including Magnum Force. Herman Raucher has died at the age of 95. He was most known for writing the screenplay for the film Summer of 42, which was nominated for an Oscar back in the early 70s. Ernest Goldschmidt has died at the age of 92 due to heart failure. Uh, Back in the 70s, he co-founded Orion Pictures. Harry Johnson died at the age of 81 due to a long illness. While he didn't really appear in movies, he worked a lot on TV shows, including Buffy the Vampire Slayer, The A-Team, Law & Order, and Battlestar Galactica, to name a few. And Cindy Morgan died at the age of 69. She appeared in films including Caddyshack and the original Tron. Thoughts and prayers go out to their family, and may they rest in peace. With it now being 2024, the Steamboat Willie version of Mickey Mouse is now in public domain for people to use, and we already have our first non-Disney movie using its likeness. A new horror movie is coming out with a teaser trailer released by Jamie Bailey. It features a man wearing a Steamboat Willie mask chasing and killing people. Basically, it's like Blood and Honey with, uh, you know, Winnie the Pooh uh, after that happened last year. The BAFTAs have found their host for the upcoming award ceremony with David Tennant hosting. The award ceremony takes place on February 18th. Speaking of awards, the National Society of Film Critics announced their winners, and it was actually quite a mix, but no one film dominating. For Best Actor, Andrew Scott won for All of Us Strangers. Sandra Hullett won Best Actress for her roles in both Anatomy of a Fall and A Zone of Interest. I guess because it's critics coming together to vote that that can happen to win for two performances. Uh, Best Supporting Actor was Charles Melton for May-December. Define Joy Randolph won Best Supporting Actress for The Holdovers. Best Director was Jonathan Glazer for The Zone of Interest. And Past Lives won Best Picture. Definitely a solid list of winners. For trailers, 20th Century Studios released the first trailer for The First Omen. The prequel to The Omen movies is directed by Arkasha Stevenson and is set to come out April 5th. Let's start off VOD Premium with Apple TV+. It was announced that Killers of the Flower Moon will be available to stream starting January 12th. And in an exclusive from Variety, they are reporting that Slow Horses has been renewed for a fifth season. The show led by Gary Oldman is currently airing its third season, and the fourth season is in post-production. Great show. Definitely worth a watch. Stars has cancelled Minx, which now makes it the second time the show has been cancelled. Previously, this was a Max show, which was cancelled to save money. Even though production for the second season was almost done, Stars stepped in, they bought it, taken the first season with them as well, and released the second season last summer. And now it's canceled again. As of now, the show is still available to watch, and there's been no report that it'll be pulled, at least not yet. 
late, but you never know these days. At Peacock, Samuel L. Jackson is signing on to star in an upcoming true crime limited series called Fight Night, The Million Dollar Heist. The series is about the armed robbery that happened right after Muhammad Ali won his comeback fight. The series is already in development, with Kevin Hart starring in it, as well as producer, with Shay Ogbonna and Jason Horwich showrunning. Hey look, I'm interested in uh, watching a TV show starring Jackson. That's actually good, you know? Looking at you, Secret Invasion. Just, oof. So, yeah, I'll probably give this a watch. Paramount Plus released a trailer for Sexy Beast, an upcoming British show that serves as a prequel to the movie of the same name that came out back in 2000. The show is set to premiere on January 25th. In surprising news, Mr. Bean the Animated Series is coming back for a fourth season. The upcoming fourth season will have 52 11-minute episodes, and Mr. Bean himself is coming back with Rowan Atkinson coming back to voice the role as well as executive produce. Along with that, distribution deals are already getting done with both ITV6 and Warner Brothers Discovery. It is set to premiere sometime in 2025, marking the 35th anniversary from when the live-action show debuted. I love Mr. Bean growing up and was a fan of both the live-action and animated shows, so I'll definitely be giving this a watch if it comes over to the U.S. Over at Max, it's rare to see, but we do have a Max original getting renewed with Bookie coming back for a second season. The show recently finished up its first season back in December. Another Max original, Hacks, is set to come back in the spring with its third season. Deadline is exclusively reporting that Warner Brothers Discovery will keep the Bleacher Report sports tier available for free for Max customers for a few more months. BR Sports was supposed to become a paid add-on in March, right before March Madness, and the company is citing technical integrations as the reason why, you know, for part of the reason for the delay. I've used BR Sports on Max to watch a few basketball games, and for the most part, it's been fine, but I understand if that's not, that's not everyone's experience. Canal Plus Group and Warner Brothers Discovery have renewed their deal to license Warner Brothers Films and have them available for Canal Plus customers. The terms of the deal is that the movies will be available for Canal Plus customers six months after they have their run in French cinemas. With the renewal of the deal, customers will get to watch new Warner Brothers films like Wonka, Barbie, and Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. For Netflix, it seems like Rebel Moon is having some staying power. For the week of December 25th to the 31st, it was the number one English film again with another 34 million views. Leave the World Behind came in second place again with 14.6 million views. And in third place was Pretty Woman with 8.4 million views. For English TV, Ricky Gervais' latest stand-up special Armageddon debuted in first place with 8 million views. My Life with the Walter Boys came in at second place with 5.4 million views. And The Crown came in third with 3.6 million views. As for what is new on Netflix, a new series has just been released called The Brothers Son, created by Brad Falchuk and Byron Wu, and stars Michelle Yeoh. So far, it's been getting great reviews, with it at a 85% on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm definitely going to be giving this a watch. For the Nielsen Top 10, we have the charts for the week of December 4th to the 10th, and in first place was the Netflix movie Leave the World Behind, which debuted to 1.9% billion minutes watched that this movie is really like was a hit for netflix it really was uh look we knew from the netflix top 10 charts throughout december that the film was popular but then take, taking a nielsen to compare to the top 10 it's like wow and second place was young sheldon with 1.6 billion minutes watched again this is uh on the top 10 charts now because it was just recently added to netflix it's kind of like what happened to suits uh young sheldon has been on max for a little bit you could have watched it there Kind of like how Suits was on Prime Video for a few years. No one really watched it. Moves to Netflix, boom, it's a big hit. Yeah, so 
we're having that situation again. Uh, third place overall was the Super Mario Bros. movie with 1.3 billion minutes watched. And Suits is still in the top 10 overall, coming in at 10th place with 679 million minutes watched. In exclusive from Variety, they are reporting that the Golden Globes are looking to capitalize on the Suits phenomenon, with Gabriel Match and Patrick Adams set to present an award at the event. Other cast members have been invited as well. I think it's nice that they were invited considering their show became basically uh, one of the big streaming hits of the year. So, nice of them. Now, let's finish up with Disney where they have a few things going on. First, T-Mobile is adding the Hulu with ads tier to their Go 5G Next Unlimited plan. This is their most expensive plan, starting at $100 per month per line, and also includes other streaming services, uh, including Apple TV Plus and Netflix with ads. Hulu will be available for plan customers starting January 24th. Disney Plus and Hulu are getting another South Korean show called Uncle Samsik. It is set in the 1960s and will be written and directed by Shin Yeon Shik and will star Song Kang Ho and Byron Johan. I'm definitely going to give this a watch when this comes out. Uh, Song Kang Ho was great in Parasite. For charter customers, Disney Plus Basic is now available as part of the Spectrum TV Select packages. This was part of the agreement between Disney and Charter to renew their carriage agreement back in September. Also coming soon specifically to Spectrum TV Select Plus customers is ESPN Plus as well. Disney Plus has started off 2024 by canceling American Born Chinese. The show lasted one season and premiered back in May of last year. As for why, Variety is reporting that their sources say that while Disney likes the show, the viewership numbers were not good enough to approve a second season. And while it might look unlikely, the show might live on, with Variety also reporting that the producers are looking to shop the show around and see if they can get some offers. And finally, it looks like the market in India might get shaken up. The Economic Times is reporting that Disney and Reliance are looking to join forces, combining and spinning off their media assets into a new company. As for ownership of the new company, Reliance would be the majority owner at 51%, and Disney would own 49%. If this is completed, this would be a big consolidation as the new company would have Hotstar, Jio Cinema, and Viacom 18, which got the streaming rights to the Indian Premier Cricket League after Disney Plus Hotstar. Uh, losing the streaming rights to those matches really hurt subscriber growth for Disney in India. It really did. As for Hollywood content, this new company would have licenses to shows and films from Disney, Warner Brothers, Peacock, and I think even Paramount as well. The merger also runs the real risk of antitrust regulators, and Reuters is reporting that they have already hired lawyers to look into how to work on that. I would say if this does happen, I think it shows that Disney, in a way, kind of given up on India. As in, if the ownership structure is 51 to 49, right? They will basically let Reliance run the company, and they will just produce some content for, for them, uh, and then take a cut of the profits, and that's it. And this might be the best move for them, though. It really might. Uh, their focus on Disney Plus right now is to make it as profitable as fast as possible. Right? More money, faster, now. And look, for India streaming, to some degree, they would still need to build that up themselves. And since they didn't pay for the rights for the Indian, you know, Cricket Premier League, the alternative would be to make a lot of, a lot of local content. And it's clear that they don't want to do that either because, again, they're cutting costs, trying to maximize profit. So it's, okay, if we want to grow in India... We don't have the cricket licenses, really. We need to make a lot of original content to even have a shot. But that's spending more money. So for Disney, this might be the best option for them. Uh, but definitely a deal to keep an eye on. 
And that is it for this episode of Box Office Receipts. If you want to follow me on X, Threads, or Facebook, links to those are in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and see you next time.